0: The M-Store where they're all Grizz all the time.
2: At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
1: We are happy to welcome all of you back. Hour number two of the big show, Two Tail uh here on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the first hour, you can check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Two Tell podcast available all the time, and it is there thanks to our friends at Up uh, at Blackfoot and also at Alpine Touch. Uh, if you would like to call, 361-3688 is the phone number. Uh, we will do another Wing It Wednesday for you coming up in about a half an hour from now. So uh, you can go ahead and give us a shout at that time. 361-3688. All guests join us via the Regage Brothers RV phone line. And if you want to listen live, you can do it on the web, 1029 espncom You listen live all the time. It is uh, there on the stream. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. Speaking of Opportunity Bank, it is time for our Coach's Corner, which is brought to us each week by Opportunity Bank. And uh, this week, Coulter, we got to catch up uh, with one of our favorite guys to talk to, Travis DeCure, the head coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team. Uh, He is back in Missoula after having been in Seattle for a a little while, which you'll hear about here off the top of this conversation. Uh, But always great to catch up with Coach DeCure and uh, just great perspective, a lot to say, and a lot that needs to be said as well uh regarding uh everything from uh where we're at socially civically racially in this country uh where we're at from a pandemic standpoint and he's you know a big proponent of the mask and 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 getting people to do that i mean he's a big push today on social media with him his coaches his players wearing the mask uh, and trying to encourage others to do so if for no other reason, then they'll play some basketball, you know, coming up here in the fall. And uh, and also, we actually talk some hoops in this thing. How about that? You know, the state of affairs when it comes to his team, his roster, which is, as we've talked about, incredibly talented, uh, but also, uh, you know, very, very new. There's not a there's not a clear hierarchy of leadership. There's a lot of youth on this team. So uh, an exciting and yet interesting time for, for trying to figure out what you got from a basketball group standpoint. So uh, great to talk to Coach DeCure earlier today, and we're happy to bring it to you now.
0: Yeah, the overlay between what's going on in the world and the sports world is uh, definitely an interesting one to analyze from all elements, including an economic uh, repercussion standpoint, higher education standpoint. But I think that men's basketball, whether you're talking about Division One college or the NBA, is the... Is the sector of our society where I think the analysis of the overlay is going to be the most important because the only place where African-Americans are the vast majority is in men's basketball. I I believe that close to 80% of the NBA is black and I believe that uh, I think about three out of four Division I men's college basketball players uh, are African-American as well. And so dealing with the stress and strife of what's going on in the world today, while also trying to manage being, in this case, with the Grizz men's basketball team, a student athlete who has classroom responsibilities as well as athletic responsibilities. I think that a lot of uh, these men have a lot more weight on their shoulders than, than uh, maybe anybody else in America today, including Travis DeCure, who he himself then has a, an enormous weight because he is the leader of young men, but also one of the very few African-American head coaches on the West Coast, period. And so I think that uh, his almost requirement, but also willingness to be a, a spokesman at this point in time, but but also just be such a phenomenal leader like he always has been, mm-hmm. I think that this is his chance to to truly shine and give us great advice. And as we've talked about, all we want to do is listen and learn. And I can't think of anybody better to listen and learn from than Coach Takir. It's
1: our opportunity bank coaches corner, Montana men's head basketball coach Travis Takir. Well, happy to welcome back to the show the head coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team, Travis DeCure. And, Coach, uh, a couple of things. First of all, welcome back to town. We know that you were were uh, out back home in Seattle a little bit and got back, and you were there for very good reason. You welcomed in uh, the first grandbaby of the DeCure clan into uh, into this world. Congratulations on that, man. That had to be, I mean, as, as exciting a day as you've had in a long time, right?
3: No question. I appreciate it. Um... You know, children change lives. Right. And um, to start the next generation, obviously, is a whole nother perspective that you don't. There's no way you can prepare yourself for it. It's all excitement and you're grateful. Um, you know, and it's fun watching the family grow.
1: Now, I, I'm a dad. You're a dad, uh, but I'm a little ways off from being a granddad, presumably. So how different is that? that moment to see, to, like you said, that next generation coming along now.
3: Well, the buildup is huge. Um, and, and then the moment comes and you never get enough. Um, and, you know, people always talk about, you know, with grandchildren, you, you can have all the fun with them and then pass them back when you're done. And the reality is, at least in the first <laughs> few months, you don't want to give them back. Um, and, and so it's all fun. It's exciting. I'm right. Um, this is the fun part when it, you're not – the sole responsibility to their growth and who they become. You play a role, but it's not necessarily um, your job. Um, And so this is the fun part of life, I think.
0: Not all of us uh, get to have the, the patriarchy in a family, right? I know your grandfather has been around and watched you grow into the man you are now and your dad as well. But how thought-provoking is that, to think that maybe you'll have a chance to be in, in someone's lives? I mean, my dad passed away when I was only 25 years old, my grandfather when I was only eight, so I didn't get to have that, but I still remember them every day. But uh, from your perspective, do you ever think just how thought-provoking is that, just uh, thinking about the future and the influence you could have on a second generation of your family?
3: Well, just like you say, my, my grandfather, I only had one grandfather in my life and he passed when I was nine. And and so I, had, I still have memories of the early days, but, never really get that perspective of when you become a teenager in and some of that intellect and that knowledge that they can share with you um, I missed out on that and and so I look forward to have an opportunity to be that guy that, that gets to have those conversations with my grandson so um, it, it, it we play a major role right in, in a lot of different ways um, when you talk about hierarchy in, in terms of our roles with with a family um, and you know i i think there's a lot of us that grow up with you know maybe one or two grandparents, never four um, and and so when you have an opportunity to to play that impactful role on a young life you get excited about it and have fun with it
1: to uh, the president some of the things that i've seen today even just now now on social media specifically with you and your team and the mass and tweeting out pictures of selfies with guys wearing masks and saying, Hey, we want to have a season. How, how impactful a role do you think, you know, wearing the mask and that sort of thing in terms of just directly of having a basketball season? Like that's the point of this whole thing is to, to so, that, so that guys can play cause that's what they want to do. And it seems like, you know, pretty easy thing to do right. When you go out in public.
3: Uh, one would think, uh, you, you know, my time in Seattle, um, there were a lot of people wearing masks. Now there were groups that weren't, but you go into grocery stores, there were more that were wearing them than not. Um, And and I was staying home a lot, so I wasn't out as as much um, other than a Costco, Home Depot, grocery store, and a lot of masks were being wore there. Obviously in Costco, they're not gonna let you in the door. Um, And then to come back to work, I'll I'll be honest, you know, there weren't many people wearing masks at work. My staff was, and it's interesting sometimes, you know, it, it. I think a lot of people don't wear a mask because maybe they feel awkward to be the minority with the mask on, which is interesting with what's going on in the country right now that some people become minorities and never been one before. So they just don't wear one. Um, And as we, we've been in office now two weeks, as we start to have our players show up wearing masks and we're going into other people's offices wearing masks, you start looking up and there's quite a few more people in the building wearing masks now. Um, You know, obviously Bryn, posted what she posted today and they've been wearing masks down there. So so I, I think what happens is it, it becomes contagious. And now I, I think we're getting close to the point where the people who don't wear masks are now the minority. So I think we're headed in the right direction. Um, to me though, the, the you know, we, it's kind of a joke, right? That we want to have a season and that's why we're going to wear the mask and whatnot. And maybe that grabs the attention of those there are sports fans that aren't wearing them, but the reality is is we want to live and we want to shut this thing down, and and that should be why we wear the mask. But obviously that reason isn't enough to get people to wear them, so maybe athletics does it.
0: From a sports perspective, it's been pretty uh, tumultuous last several months, but I think that all of us in the sports world, whether it's broadcasting or covering sports or, or coaching sports or whatever realm we might – live in, in the sports world, we're all planning on, or at least we're optimistic that we will have, and we're operating as if we will have a football season, a basketball season. You can't really do it any other way, but I mean, what sort of specifics have you had to navigate with your team, making sure that they're staying healthy, both mentally and physically, they're taking care of business? So much of basketball is personal accountability. How do you emphasize those sorts of things to your players when you aren't allowed to be
3: around them nearly as much as
0: you normally would?
3: Well, once we broke, we, we, we tried to make sure most of our guys went home. And a couple guys stayed in Missoula, um, which was safer than maybe where they would have been going. But the reality was we just didn't want guys traveling. And we were hoping that the guys that stuck around did look up in April where this thing was at its worst and then decide to fly. Um, and, and so we just pushed guys to get home and finish up the semester from home. Um, we thought that they'd be a little safer with their families uh where they can maybe put a little pressure on each other uh to stay safe as opposed to no supervision loose in, in missoula um the hard part is you don't know what they're doing and, and so we common check-ins you wearing a mask you social distancing yes yes you staying home yes and then you start looking on twitter and guys are posting pictures where they're with each other or or we do a a, a zoom call and they're sitting on a couch next to each other and the answer is no, you're not. Social distancing, no, you don't have on a mask. Um, so for us, it's just over-communicate these things and, and, and continue to remind them, even now that they're back. You know, on occasion, a guy walk in our office with no mask on, and they got to go back out and start over. So I, I think it's constant dialogue. But it's difficult when you're not continuously with each other um, to have any feel for what's going on or how guys are doing. So we just over-communicate as much as possible and hope for the best.
1: Travis DeCure joining us head coach of the Montana men's basketball team and coach we've got a lot of basketball to get to but I wanted to touch now because this is the first time we've spoken directly one on one since um, the the death of Mr. Floyd and the the movement and the protests that have happened throughout the country I know you spent a lot of time talking about this at a lot of various places and to a lot of various people. Uh, specifically, I'm very excited for the new Angle podcast to come out with Justin Angle here in a couple of weeks. I think July 14th, that's going to be there. And I would greatly right forward encourage anybody, everybody to listen to uh, his podcast with, with Travis DeCure there. But what responsibility do you you think is incumbent upon yourself as a coach and coaches in general across sports to, to have something to say about this, especially when sports is – the most visible integration of races, I think that we have in this country problem.
3: Um, you know, we've, it's like, we're walking around with a microphone attached to us. Once you become a head coach, once you put yourself in, in a leadership position, you constantly have a microphone on you and you, you have to, you have to use that, um, you know, in in a lot of different ways, right? And and we use it for like uh, self-marketing, self-marketing, program marketing, um, areas of strength for our programs, our universities we represent and whatnot. But also we have to use that microphone to support our student athletes, um, our peers, um, our employees, when we have that opportunity. And that's where Silence sometimes is a negative. Um, Whether you say something or you don't say something, you're making a statement, right? And I just have always believed that the guys that have had the courage um, to share their opinion on such a fragile topic um, have a more meaningful impact on others. And those that don't, Lose opportunities to create um, a level of respect and trust in those that they're working with, and and so you know some of us um, have helped others in these opportunities, and some of us have lost um, those opportunities to 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 make an impact on others.
0: Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place.
1: Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better, by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> it's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house, and like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, Well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house, you left it in my house, and I'm eating all of it.
0: We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I actually think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch.
1: It would be short, everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana, Shoto out Original, Alpine Touch, and It's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it.
0: Alpinetouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to alpinetouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Ryan and I have talked a lot about this throughout the last couple of weeks on the show. And um, so much of our job already has been to listen. and And as somebody that grew up in Missoula, Montana, not a particularly diverse place, but uh, being involved in sports has let me get to know people from across the country. No matter what racial background you might have, guys that have become friends of mine, no matter where you're from, from completely different places. You know, from places like Virginia Beach, Virginia, or you know, Lakeland, Florida, or you know, Southern California or Seattle, like yourself. And I think that's one thing that's really cut us so deep is just the fact that when you when you look at sports, it is the the place where maybe there's the most harmony where maybe people get along the best. Your team has been such a great example of that, of, of ways that guys can acclimate into a community that maybe they're not, they weren't used to before they got here, but then not only acclimate, but make a huge impact in it. What sort of example do you hope that your team has set and, and, and continues to set uh, in terms of maybe showing people that don't have that opportunity, uh, how you can come together for a greater good, whether it's sports or otherwise?
3: Um, I think it's, I think that when you watch any team in sports, um, have success or not have success and follow them close enough to see why they were good and why they weren't. You realize at the end of the day, it's really one thing. It's a group of individuals coming together that take their own personal, um, achievements, goals, um, and set them to the side and create a level of expectation, a goal, a dream for the group. Um, and, and when they have success and accomplish it, then we as viewers have a chance to see so many people from so many different backgrounds come together and work together and have success doing it. And the reality is is when you watch sports, when you watch Golden State Warriors, um, if you watch The Last Dance, you watch the Chicago Bulls, and, and if you follow that, those guys were so different in terms of their backgrounds and where they came from. And none of them had a similar background to their head coach. None of them had a similar background to the GM or the owner. They were all so different and it came together and dominated. Why? You know, Dennis Rodman was completely different than Michael Jordan, but they found a way to coexist. They allowed each other to be different. As long as each individual person didn't lose sight on what they were trying to accomplish. Well, that's what our country is supposed to be, and it's not. We say it's the best country. it's the We're the best. We're this. We're that. We're that. That's because we want to be that, so we just keep saying that as if it's going to happen. It's like a team showing up going, well, we got the best talent. We're going to win a championship. We're better than everybody, and you lose 20 games. Well, just because you said it doesn't make it true. You have to act like it, and so I think sports is an example of what it's supposed to look like, and, and I had a former player of mine. I've said this before let say when you look at our country, we, we, we look like a group of bad teammates. So MP Page, or page, we don't know what the goal is of our coach. We know what he's trying to accomplish for himself, but we don't know what he wants for us. And And whatever it is that he wants to accomplish doesn't fit all of us. We all won't be celebrating at the end of the day. And if you don't have some goals that we all enjoy celebrating, we can't work together, and sports shows you how to do that.
1: Last question for me on this, Coach, but in the interest of listening and in general, i just offer you the floor. You, The audience you're speaking to right now, our audience is overwhelmingly white, uh, a lot of men, and usually pretty big sports fans too. So there's the demographic, and when we sit here and go, okay, well, what do we need to know from you as – an African American for you is you know living your second home in Missoula, Montana, and what we can learn. What what is that? What what would you say to us as a group?
3: I I think the biggest thing is education. We have to educate ourselves about each other, and for us, it's a lot easier because when we when we start school, and from kindergarten to twelfth grade, the black race is learning about the history of the white race, America. Even other countries, right? But there's no one in the world that is truly learning about the history of the Black race in America. It's not in a book. Not in any book that's being taught in school. For one month every year, some teachers might YouTube a couple stories, order a couple Amazon books, and Teach about a couple people, and it's the same people over and over and over. Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King, and, and, and the peaceful um, protests, stances that were made, and here's the outcome of those. And then on March 1st, we move on like it never happened again. And the reality is is that as a race, we played a very important role into where this country is now in terms of how it was built. And there's a lot of people that were behind the scenes on a lot of activities that took place that are very important moments that no one would ever know about. And that needs to be included into these books. So the reality and the answer to your question, because I kind of went around in a circle, to me, is exactly what we do as a program. When we travel and we check into a hotel, a kid from Australia is going to room with a kid from Oakland a kid from Los Angeles is going to room with a kid from Bozeman. And every time we travel, we rotate those roommates, but you're never rooming with someone that has the same background as you, because that's probably who you live with anyway. Right. And it creates opportunities to make statements, watch things on TV that might lead to a conversation that you wouldn't naturally have sitting down at the table, eating dinner for 45 minutes. Um, it just allows guys to share experiences and if you're in the same program for 4 years and guys come and go as they graduate and new groups come behind you you leave the university of montana after 4 or 5 years with an education you never get in a book and i think as a community we owe that to each other is to educate each other and sometimes these conversations will be uncomfortable but they're necessary for us to move forward and the reason it's 2020 and we're still having this conversation and the, and the protests are taking place the way they are. And there's a lot of people that don't understand how we got to this point is because they don't have an education on where we, where we are and where we started for a community to not know about Juneteenth until this year. um, You throw out things like Jim Crow laws, black code. There's black people that don't know about these things, much less, anyone else in America. Well, if you don't understand those things, you have no idea why we feel the way we feel about the police. And so it's all education. It's all shared information. Um, But until we get comfortable in rooms with one another and just having casual conversation that might lead into some of these types of things, change won't take place because we're not comfortable with where it might go.
0: To tie all that back around to sports, then uh, Austin Rivers had an interesting comment last night. Somebody asked him, you think that the NBA championship this year should have an asterisk next to it because of the shortened season?" He said, "Absolutely. I think they should have an asterisk next to it, but not because it's the easiest championship that we'd ever have to win, but because it's going to be the hardest that an NBA team would ever have to win. Not only do you have to take 3 to 4 months off and then go back to playing, but also you're, you know, in the NBA's perspective, you're going to be quarantined uh, in a place where you're completely separate from your family, but then you you talk about the global pandemic and you also talk about all the protests and the riots and Black Lives Matter and all these different things that can be distractions. So from a basketball perspective, the one place where African-Americans are the majority is going to be Division I college basketball and the NBA. How do you manage that mental strife that your players might be experiencing for the things that are going on in the world when it comes to how it might affect them on the basketball court?
3: Two answers. One is, let's say the Lakers win the championship. Instead of an asterisk, there should be a an highlight. And the reason of the highlight is because Avery Bradley's not playing. So one, they earn the championship. But we're gonna highlight it because Avery Bradley should get a humanitarian award because he took that time off to help progress his people and have an impact in his community. Right now, he's having conversations with 14 to 21 year olds in his community. And he's he's decided that there's something more important than that title. And if that team wins without him, they both won. Right? That's two wins. And 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 to me, That's perspective on what life is like being black. The reality is, yeah, it is going to be a little more difficult this year to compete under these circumstances, but not for the black athlete because our life has been like this our entire life. We were born into this adversity. So this is not a new conversation for us, right? It's the other people that are on our teams and on our staffs. This is new to them, and this could be hard for them so yes it will be more difficult for a new group of people
1: travis secure joining us head coach of the university of montana men's basketball team coach i know you've talked now about having separation from your players i know they're back in town now but where are we at here the first of july in terms of basketball and and the state of affairs with your team your roster from from a, from a, not just a health standpoint, but in a shape standpoint, cardio, tre- basketball skills, all that kind of stuff. How have they been in this time away?
3: They've been on their own for a long time. And, and so the answer to the is, I don't know. You, you know, guys have been posting videos. They tell you they're doing things. Some guys um, are a little more motivated than others um, that, that you kind of have a feel for, you know, they, they're probably showing up in shape and worked on some weaknesses or whatnot. And the others, it's kind of wait and see, right? Um, the biggest thing is, you know, every head coach talks about how much they love their players and their team and they miss their guys. And the reality is, is that you you, you feel it in these types of situations because you're away from them for so long. And this week is the first week that they've been able to pop into the office. And so, you know, we've been in the office now for two weeks and Monday was, you know, the first time that guys start popping in. And, and now guys are coming in here three, four times a day and I miss these casual conversations, um, you know, it's been a long time since I've been able to tell a joke face to face and these guys, um, and, and see them laugh and maybe have them fire back at me. And and it's the casual conversation that we've been missing. And it's been all business for the last three months with this group in terms of finishing up the semester academically, um, taking care of business to register for classes. And so we haven't had that time. Um, that is relationship building. And and so that's the biggest thing for us that right now is more important is playing catch-up in that regard more so than who who, who you know, can get up and down the floor, who can make an open shot, who can pass the ball. We'll get to that point, but right now I'm just enjoying having these guys pop in the office.
0: He took the next question right out of my mouth. I love your analogy of America being a, a team, and we need to be on the same team, and we need to find some sort of leadership to galvanize us so we can play together instead of playing separately But on that note, I mean, I think that your team, the roster, the talent's undeniable, but it's just a matter of how do you get it to fit all together, right? I mean, I think that's probably the number one question mark for Montana going this next year is who fills the rotation? How do those guys play with one another? Is there a way to cultivate that right now when you can't really be together like you normally would?
3: Well, one of the biggest questions for us right now is leadership. Um, You have three seniors walk out the door that led in their own special way, had their own experiences that were very healthy for a young group. Now, we, we don't return any anyone that's ever been in a leadership role for the University of Montana, not one person. You have a sophomore that's played more minutes than anyone um, in, in 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 our group of returners. Now, you have some transfers. You have some guys that, that sat out that are experienced, just not in maroon and silver. So I, I think for us right now, we've got so many new faces and so many guys that are very talented. Um that until we get on the floor together, split up in groups, create a competitive environment, we're going to have a hard time feeling out who can give us what when. And so um, it looks like in a short period of time, there's going to be a high level of competition for an opportunity to get on the floor and participate.
1: Travis Secure, the head coach of the Montana men's basketball team, joining us. Coach, last question for me. Not talking about the starting five now, because you've had some great starting units in your time with the Grizzlies. But top to bottom, full roster, well, you look through the, the names and the skill sets on here, it's pretty impressive. Is this is this the most talented total group that you've had since you've been at Montana?
3: Probably. It's also the youngest. Um, but but I, I think if you go top to bottom, um, you know one to sixteen that you you can make a valid argument that I don't know, you know, I don't know if the starting five is more talented, experienced than what we had in eighteen nineteen, you know and and, and if you look at it, you got three guys that ended their careers in the top six in scoring, one of which did it in three seasons. so, there, there's some serious accolades for this young group to achieve, to become that talented when you look at your top five to, to, to eight guys, right? But you start going 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, I, I, I think that you're going to have a hard time finding a more talented young group, whoever falls into those spots in, in that rotation. That that's the best. The biggest thing about it is I, I think that one through eight was one through six were pretty much defined for three years here, and you know the rest of the guys are kind of fighting for 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 seven, I mean seven eight nine ten those things were pretty much interchangeable over two years, um, whereas right now you 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 can probably go ahead and take you know two or three guys and pull them out and say, all right, have at it. And, and there's a guy that could maybe fall into the starting lineup that very easy could fall down to 12.
0: We'll get you out of here on this then. Optimistically, what is the next 30 days, what the next 60 days hold for Grizz basketball? But what do you hope to get done? What can you get done?
3: Well, best case scenario for us, um, make a lot of shots these next three weeks individually um, in small groups. Uh, we'll, we'll be testing these guys um, at least twice between now and the twentieth. Um, if we're healthy, clean, clear, uh, as of now, according to the NC2A, July twentieth, the first day we can actually have interaction with them and, and pull the voluntary off of the workout and start putting these guys into some groups and getting after it. Maybe teach a little bit, but but if anything, just compete. And, and, and bang up against each other, and not be afraid to do that. Um, and so then we'll have about a month of that before August 19th when school starts. And at that point, we, we just continue. Usually you'd have 10 day window where we'd finish up the summer, guys go home, they're on their own for 10 days, come back, school starts, build them back up again. And, and now we'll go straight through. So minus any speed bumps, um, this could work out where it's a smooth stretch right into non-conference with no breaks and and maybe the buildup's better. So um, we're we're looking forward to, you know, right now just getting guys tested and, and seeing them get through a week or two with no one testing positive or positive. And then the biggest jump will be July 20th. If we can get everybody on the floor and start to have contact with one another and stay healthy through that before school starts.
1: Travis, as always, we appreciate you, your perspective very much, and uh, are excited for what we hope is a smooth ramp into a season uh, that is going to be a very exciting one for Montana basketball. Thanks so much.
3: Thanks for having me once
1: again. Travis Secure, head coach, University of Montana men's basketball team, subject of our Opportunity Bank Coach's Corner, Opportunity Bank your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, we will have that, obviously, in the podcast, as always. The whole show is podcasted out there for you, but we will uh, put that interview out individually as well and have it for you uh, once we wrap up the show here today so you can listen to that uh, uh, at your leisure. And, again, if you missed the first part of that, uh, first of all, listen to it. It's great. But also, uh, Travis secure on a new angle podcast with our friend Justin Angle over at the University of Montana, business professor at the university, uh, and his episode uh, with uh, Justin uh, will come out, I uh, believe, the fourteenth of July. So, new angle podcast drops every Tuesday, uh, and so they got a couple in line here, but that one uh, with Travis secure will come out the fourteenth, and uh, I am for one looking very forward to that because uh, it's going to be outstanding as any conversation with Coach DeCure, uh is. We shift from Travis DeCure, Montana Basketball, the state of the nation at large, into wings. Wings. Uh, it is a nice thing to be able to have Wings, too, especially if they're from the Desperado Sports Tavern and especially if they are free, which they will be to you if you call right now, 361-3688, 361-3688. We got Wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern. A little bit of trivia, it's Coulter's trivia. I'll try and help you out get you a a gift card to go over there to the desperado and enjoy some wings on us 361-3688 wing it wednesday next at
2: blackfoot communications we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more.
1: but i don't have an answer welcome back to tell new honest ESPN radio if you want to do a wing it wednesday give us a call 361-3688 361-3688 we'll get your wings to the desperado sports tavern the best wings in the whole city of missoula and you'll get them for free how great is that just answer a couple of questions we'll uh, we'll set you up 361-3688 uh, at Gus' Hotel. tell At 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT, where you want to go on Twitter if you're uh, looking for anything having to do with uh, us and the show, et cetera. So we'll look for you out there on that. We appreciate it very much. Uh, Coulter, a couple of things uh, going on uh, today. First of all, the NFL announcing, or I guess sources saying that the NFL is planning to shorten its preseason to two weeks this season. Two weeks. This is the thing that everybody who is involved in the sport of football, players, coaches, etc., has been screaming for. It obviously doesn't do the owners any good because they're making the same amount of money on a preseason game they're making on a regular season game, basically, in terms of the gate, the ticket prices, etc., Obviously, attendance is not nearly as high, but the the season ticket is built into it. So many huge season ticket-holding places, they they bank on the preseason games. Now they will only have one home preseason game as opposed to two. Uh, Do you think that this is a reality that will last in the NFL? No. For the very reason that I just outlined.
0: I think that the NFL owners will never respect NFL players' rights. I think they'll never be treated like humans. I think they'll only be treated like commodities. I think that every opportunity that every NFL owner ever has to make money, they will take and exploit and not care one bit unless it's their prized quarterback getting hurt if anybody else gets hurt and their career ends because that's just the state of football as we know it in the professional ranks.
1: Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. I just thought it was so well said that there was nothing to add to it. Let's just get out, you know? Excellently done by you, Colton.
0: We've talked about so many different real scenarios, hypothetical scenarios. The incessant trying to predict the future in the current state of the world uh, is really wearing my brain out. I can't imagine what it's like to be Montana Athletic Director Kent Haslam or Montana State Athletic Director Leon Costello or a variety of the other 355 Division One Athletic Directors. Brutal. One scenario we haven't explored, though. We talked about, you know, what if a president of a university and or a uh, athletic department decided that they were going to basically just, for lack of a better word, boycott having sports until all of this pandemic passes. If it ever does. Who knows? That's another mystery of it all. We saw More, uh, Morehead State, Morehouse State. Morehouse. House, Morehouse yes. State cancel football. That's right. Said it's not worth our time or money. Uh, it, was, it would be a, a, a stark loss for us no matter what. We're not going to have it. One thing we haven't talked about, because we were just talking about NFL and, and player rights and the way owners treat players in the NFL or lack thereof, we haven't addressed the what if college football players don't want to play.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's gaining ground on Twitter. I think that so many guys are so um, dedicated to the, the the concept of a team, and by and large, all the Montana Montana State players and coaches that we've talked to are optimistic and want to have a season. And I mean, that's what they that's what they live for. That's what it's all about. I do think there's a, a growing trend on Twitter of student-athletes saying, you know, especially in the Power Five conferences where even if the stands are empty, the schools are still going to make so much money. There's a growing number of guys on Twitter saying, I, I just don't know if I want to play. I don't, I don't know if I want to be involved in an organization that it takes that much effort and being around that many people so consistently. Because even if you have an empty stadium, you still have to have 250 people on the sidelines to have a college football game and another 100 upstairs to make it work, if not more than that. And so I just wonder if that that gains any traction where student-athletes just say, hey, we we just don't want to do it. It's a good question.
1: I don't know. I don't know what ramifications would be if they chose to do that or go that way. I mean, you're seeing individuals from a number of sports, baseball, basketball, say, you know, I'm sitting the rest of this one out uh, for various individual reasons. And whether that would happen in bulk uh, in a college sport for some reason, it's always possible. It's 2 one Nuwana's 102.90 ESPN Radio. By the way, if you would like to listen to the podcast, feel free. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. It's there thanks to our friends at Alpine Touch and our friends at Blackfoot.
0: I thought Travis Akira's comments on Avery Bradley were really good. Uh, for For those that may, maybe don't know, and Travis is never one to say – He's never wanted to tout his own personal connections, but I can almost guarantee you that Travis Takir has a relationship with Avery Bradley. He's from Tacoma. Okay. And he's been one of those I mean, the, the Seattle basketball community, as we've talked extensively on this show, is is a tight knit one. Oh, and wow. I mean, as we know, you know, I mean, Ahmad Rory is a, a phone call away from guys like Jamal Crawford and and Jason Terry. So I'm sure that they've all crossed paths, you know, at the local runs and, and all that stuff with, with Avery Bradley too. But I thought Coach Secure's uh, talking points about him we're really good too. You know, if the Lakers win a championship and Avery Bradley's not a part of it, he's still a part of it because he's in his community educating people and he's also doing what's best for his family. So we should acknowledge that. It's a
1: win-win. That's what he said, yeah.
0: I just won't be surprised if more athletes don't take that course of action. Especially if you're an amateur athlete who's not getting paid. It is a huge risk. No matter what, no matter what politicizing goes on, it's a huge risk to be in an arena Play a contact sport. So, uh, I don't know. I think there's a lot to be determined here. Just another scenario to consider. Uh, one
1: reason, uh, very loosely related to what you've just said, that Adam Silver is pretty widely considered the best commissioner in sports. You know how much it's going to cost the NBA to run this three-month uh, season finish in Orlando? $150 million. $150 million. They are... Uh, housing 22 teams in three different resorts. They have seven practice arenas, three playing arenas, food for all, including staff and everybody up to 1,500 people, entertainment, and all of it. And it's, it's a huge, huge cost. And Adam Silver said to Time Magazine earlier this week, It comes into play that we feel an obligation to our sport and to the industry to find a new normal. It doesn't come into play in terms of dollars and cents, frankly. It's not all that economical for us to play on this campus. It's enormously expensive, end quote. When a commissioner, who, by the way, is still employed by the owners of his sport, and so thereby speaks for the owners of his sport, gets up there and says, we think we have an obligation to the sport. We think we have an obligation to the state of affairs that exists in the world to do what we're doing and do it the way that we're doing it. And I would say latent in there is an obligation to the fans. I mean, that's within the scope of an obligation to the sport, to the fans of the sport, to do it. And we're going to lose money doing it. It's going to cost us a ton to do it, but we think it's the right thing to do and we should do it. Hey, Major League Baseball,
0: take some notes. You know what I mean? The NFL doesn't have to care about the fans because uh, gambling and fantasy football run pro football. Mm -hmm. The Major League Baseball owners refuse to care about the fans for no other defined reason besides stupidity. Mm -hmm. And the NBA, from the commissioner on down since David Stern took over through now Adam Silver, has cared about the fans. It's fantastic. That's what that's always been about. That's why it's the best sports league in America.
1: We'll wrap up the week tomorrow, boys and girls. See you then, ESPN.
0: Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia when you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore. You can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at MSU Bookstore store.org.